Hey there, language lovers, and welcome to the Language Hacking Podcast. I'm Shannon Kennedy, co-host along with Benny Lewis, and we're chatting with Hugo of Inner French, a popular French podcast and YouTube channel. In our chat with Hugo, we talk about the story behind the creation of Inner French, using languages as a tool to learn about other things, good resources for learning a language in this way without it becoming too complicated, tricks for finding good resources in another language, choosing compelling content as a language teacher or creating compelling content, the biggest struggles French learners face, and how to use what you're hearing and learning in another language in conversations. If you enjoy this episode of the podcast, we appreciate your reviews. You can let us know what you think over at languagehacking.com slash review. As always, all of the links and resources mentioned in this episode will be available to you as a part of the show notes. Now let's get into our chat with Hugo. The links and resources mentioned in this episode can be found at languagehacking.com forward slash 83. Welcome to the Language Hacking Podcast from Fluent in Three Months. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Language Hacking Podcast. Today, Shannon and I are chatting with Hugo, who is from Inner French. He has a very popular podcast and a very active uh, YouTube channel as well. And he's got lots of tips for us. We're going to dive right on in. How are you doing today, Hugo? Great. Uh, it's it's uh, amazing to be here. So yeah, t- thanks again for the invite. Of course. So I'd like to kick it off by hearing you give your own story of how you got into languages and how you got into helping other people with languages. So it was mostly by accident because when I was younger, I was never really interested in uh, languages. Which was a bit weird because at school, I was kind of a nerd, but um, languages were really not my favorite topic. So I was more into um, literature, history, philosophy, etc. So yeah, I never thought that I would become a, a language teacher. But um, after my studies, I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life uh, because I just graduated from a, a business school. And I knew that I didn't really want to work in a big company. And um, at that time, my best friend, who's Polish, um, well, he suggested that we move to Poland to start a business there. Uh, And by business, I mean a small event agency to organize uh, techno parties (laughs) because during our studies, we were DJing uh, on weekends. And yeah, we, we just wanted to, to try to do it a bit more seriously. So we moved to, to Poland because it's a bit easier to start a business there compared to France. You, you don't really need uh, as much money. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, this uh, business was a big failure and uh, I lost all the money I had uh, saved. But I still wanted to stay a bit longer in uh, in Warsaw because I really liked the, the city, the vibe, because, uh, yeah, Poland is, is a country that's really, that's growing quite fast. Uh, so it's really interesting to be there. And my friend suggested that uh, I try my luck at the French Institute. So originally, I thought that I would offer my services as a 
marketing or communication consultant because it's uh, what I studied. But uh, they didn't need anyone to help them with their marketing. And they were looking for uh, a native speaker to teach conversation classes. And uh, yeah, they they just give me uh, the opportunity to try. And to be honest, I was really terrified because uh, I had no uh, former experience with teaching, especially not with teaching a language. And when I arrived in uh, the classroom for for this first class, I was the younger in the room, uh, the, the youngest one, I mean. So yeah, it was a bit terrifying, but I really enjoyed that uh, that first class, and then I decided to to take it a bit more seriously, and uh, I started learning more about um, uh, yeah language learning, language teaching, etc. And yeah, that's really what uh, kicked off my uh, my career as a as a French teacher. So you went from teaching French to now running your own language business, Inner French. Did all of your experience leading up to creating your own business help you manage creating your own business? What's the story behind creating Inner French in particular? I'd like to say yes, because then it would justify why I spent uh, five years studying uh, business and uh, why I got my, my master in, uh, yeah, from this business school. But actually, not really, um, because the business I'm running with Inner French is very different from what I was studying, because basically in a business school, usually you study to become a manager in a big company, but not really to run your own business. So I kind of had to learn everything from scratch. And uh, I, I use mostly the internet for that. And it's, um, it really grew organically. So the story is that at the same time, I started teaching at the French Institute. I also started learning Polish because, uh, yeah, I realized that I want, I wanted to stay a bit longer in Poland. So it might be a good idea to, to learn the language. And, uh, at some point I stumbled upon, the, um, Polish podcast called, uh, Real Polish. And for me, it was really, um, aha moment, uh, as you say, because um the the guy was not really teaching polish grammar but he was just telling interesting stories in uh polish and that was my discovery of uh comprehensible input and uh, stephen krashen's theories etc and i know that you you had him uh, on on your podcast recently so it was a really interesting episode for me but um yeah, so so basically, this podcast was super. I mean, it it was super um, inspiring for me, and I started looking for a similar podcast in French that I, that I could recommend to my students, but I couldn't find any. So I I just decided to to create my own. So I, at the beginning, it was really just for my students, but through word of mouth, etc., et it uh, it started uh, growing. And I started to to get more and more requests for private lessons, et cetera. So 
at some point I just uh, left my job. I, I quit my job at the French Institute. Also because I didn't really like the way uh, classes were organized there and I wanted to have more flexibility, more freedom. So I started teaching mostly privately. Um, and then a year and a half after starting the podcast, some, some of my listeners uh, kept asking me to create a course. So that's what I did. Uh, I created a, a first online course. Uh, and after that, I created a YouTube channel also because, yeah, some of my listeners were, were asking for it. And then a second course, etc. So it was really nothing was planned and it just happened organically. So like you said, you've been inspired by the comprehensible input learning philosophy. And I'm curious, what is your teaching style taking that into account? And like, why did you feel that other podcasts that were about learning French uh, weren't necessarily teaching in a way that you found as useful? And how did you try to change that with yours? It's just because uh, I, I realized that it worked. So uh, when I started learning Polish, I was mostly using textbooks and I had a private tutor as well. And I, I was making some progress and it was useful at the beginning to learn some of those uh, Polish uh, cases, etc. The, the whole declination system, which was something completely new uh, for me. But really, when I started listening to this podcast, it was something completely different. And I got hooked from the, the first episode. And I still remember the title of this episode. It was Nashmusk Yes Lenive, which means our brain is lazy. So it was about psychology and um, personal development, etc. And it was super interesting. It was so interesting that uh, the next month I just listened to, I don't know, maybe 30 episodes. Like, yeah, I think I was listening to, to an episode every day. And those episodes are quite long. They are around 30 minutes. So it means that, yeah, that month I just spent 15 hours uh, listening to and, and learning Polish. So, and I quick, very quickly, I realized that it was easier for me to have short conversations, that I was um, learning new vocabulary, even without realizing it and without having to, to use the, <laughs> the boring flashcards. So, so yeah, I knew I wanted to, to create something similar in French and at that time, and now it's a bit different, but uh, at that time, most of the French podcasts that I found were about teaching grammar or teaching um, vocabulary, like uh, explaining uh, um, some French phrases, etc. But they were not really tackling interesting topics, in my opinion. And uh, I, so I really wanted to to give people the opportunity to have a podcast, not really to learn the language, but to use the language as a tool to learn something interesting. And really for me, the, the best compliment is when someone tells me that they would listen to the podcast, even if it, it were uh, in, uh, in their native tongue, because it means that 
yeah, they, they really enjoy the, the topics and they, they really want to learn more. They find them interesting and engaging. And for me personally, it's the, the, the best way to learn a language. I, I know that there are, there's no um, one size fits all uh, for when it comes to language learning or any type of learning in general. But the way, this way really works for me. And I know that it works for some other people. So I, I just wanted to, to create this podcast, basically. So you yourself just mentioned that there's really no one size fits all approach to language learning. And I think the same can be said for like the types of stories that people are interested in. So I'm curious to know a little bit about how you choose the topics and conversations for your podcast. Yeah, that, that's a good question because at the beginning, it was a lot easier for me since um, I, I didn't... <laughs> I didn't really care if um, if the topic had a broad appeal because I had a very small audience and I just thought that, yeah, if, I don't know, 20 people are interested in this topic, it's going to be, yeah, it's good enough. And at the beginning, I was mostly using the same topics that I used in my uh, conversation classes at the French Institute. Um because when I started the podcast, I already had three years of uh, experience teaching at the French Institute. So I knew more or less what topics my students there were interested in. So I just reused the, the most popular ones. But now it's a bit trickier because we have a, a broader audience and we are trying to make episodes that are going to be interesting for for most people or for most of our listeners. And uh, yeah, no, it takes a lot more energy to really think about what we're going to talk about next. But um, really, I, I mostly try to talk about things that are interesting uh, to me because then I think it's easier to make them sound interesting uh, to other people. And very often we get emails of people saying that they didn't think that the episode would be interesting just by uh, reading the title, but then they really liked the way uh, we approached it and we talked about it. Yeah, now I'm, say I'm saying we because uh, it's not just me. Uh, we are a small team of three teachers. Uh, so I'm not the only one coming with the the topics anymore. So, um, like you said, you got inspired to do this from the Polish podcast that you were listening to, and I'm I'm curious, like, if uh, beyond that Polish podcast and beyond, of course, for people learning French, that you'd recommend your podcast. What do you find are good resources for people who who truly want to use the language as a tool to learn something else uh, without it being far too complicated because, you know, we can all try to turn on the news or we can try to uh, read complicated articles. But if we're still in the intermediate stage, it may be far too difficult for us. So what resources do you recommend people use for some form of comprehensible input um, uh, beyond the particular podcasts that uh, you've listened to yourself and, of course, that you make yourself? 
Well, now, as I said, there are a lot, I mean, not a lot, but there are more podcasts, uh, even in French that are doing something similar and are using a, a similar approach. So if you're using Spotify, you can just uh, look for the Inner French podcast and then you can see the recommendations because usually Spotify will show you some similar podcasts. So that could be a good uh, starting point. And then uh, on YouTube, you can also find many super interesting YouTubers. The problem is that they often speak in a way that's quite informal. And when you're still at the intermediate level, it's, it's pretty hard to, to understand uh, what they say. But you just have to try to a lot of different ones because some of them uh, speak a bit slow, uh, speak a bit more uh, slowly. Uh, some of them uh, use a bit less slang, for instance. So it's really, you really need to spend some time looking for uh, a YouTuber that uh, you, you find comprehensible. It's the same here. There, there's not really one size fits all. So some people find that the way I speak is very easy to understand. Some others don't. And uh, it, it's the same with, with different YouTubers. I mean, of course, I'm making efforts to, to, to make it as comprehensible as possible. But um, yeah, I, I think it's really... You really need to, to spend some time looking for, for the right person. But uh, yeah, YouTube and, and Spotify are, are the, the best places to, to, to start looking. Looking at the uh, Spotify recommendations is a pretty neat trick for finding related content that you might enjoy. Are there any other kind of tricks like this that you've used successfully in the past to find resources that you found helpful in your own language learning journal? Well, for me, now it's mostly with Polish because uh, I, I can pretty much understand everything in English. So I actually, I spent most of my time listening to uh, podcasts in English and watching American series, etc. But uh, with Polish, the, um, the first tip I used was uh, switching the language on YouTube to Polish. Because then on my homepage, I would have mostly uh, Polish YouTube channels recommended. And this way, I managed to find a um, Polish vlogger who's one of the most famous uh, here in Poland. Uh, his name is uh, Krzysztof Gonczarz. And he speaks rather... Yeah, rather fast. And uh, he uses a lot of slang. And at the beginning, I could understand only, I don't know, 30% of uh, what he was saying. But he, his vlogs were so cool and uh, they, were, they were easier also to understand because, you know, in vlogs are different from talking head uh, videos because you can see the environment, you can see what the, the person's doing. So it's a bit easier to, to understand with the context. Um, and th this guy is really interesting because he, he lives in Tokyo and, uh, I was really, um, into the, the Japanese culture back then. So for me, it was just interesting to, 
to see what he was doing, his daily life in Tokyo, etc. So again, I started watching his videos daily. And after, uh, um, I don't know, after a couple of months, uh, I just realized that I was able to understand maybe 80% of uh, what he was saying without doing anything more. So I didn't have flashcards. I was not writing down vocabulary. I was not really looking up um, the sentences he, he was using. But uh, so, so for me, that's really the, the magic of it and the magic of uh, comprehensible input is just that if you spend enough time with the language and you have content that is a bit challenging, but still comprehensible uh, in some ways, then you're just going to make progress. And uh, yeah, that, that's really the, the approach uh, I, uh, I recommend to, to my students. Very good. And when we actually shared uh, with our Fluent in Three Months challengers that we were going to be interviewing you, uh, one of the challengers is a fan of your podcast and uh, they had a particular question for you, which is, um, have you developed any resources for teachers or in general, do you have any advice for language teachers who want to use this approach of presenting comprehensible content and, and interesting and compelling content for their students to start to learn in a more natural way? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I considered creating resources um, for teachers that they, that they could use in, in the classroom also because it's something that uh, teachers have been asking me now for, for some time. Unfortunately, I haven't had the opportunity to do it yet. And it's not really the priority for, for the business because we, right now, we want to create more courses for, for students. But I mean, they can already use the podcast. The only problem is that the episodes are quite long because they are between 30 minutes and an hour. So it's definitely too long to be used um, in the classroom. But usually, I mean, teachers told me that what they do is um, they ask their students to listen to the podcast before the class, and then they talk about it during the class. So instead of giving them an article to read or um, a video to, to watch on YouTube, uh, they send them an episode of the podcast, and then they talk about it during the class. And um, I, I think we have a good format for this because uh, usually... Uh, <laughs> I try to tackle topics that are quite controversial and I try to to show arguments from both sides. So then it's it's quite easy to start a conversation uh, about this topic just by asking the students if they agree or not, what are their views, etc. Yeah, that's, that's a, a piece of advice I would have for other teachers. Just don't be afraid to use topics that are a bit controversial. Those were really my, my favorite ones when I was teaching at the French Institute. I, I just, I really wanted students to, to be engaged. And um, I don't know, it's, it's hard to be engaged and to have an opinion on things like, I don't know, Jean-Pierre going to the bakery to, to buy a croissant, you know? So it's really, for, for instance, the, the topics we have on the podcast we had on the podcast recently were uh, why French people are anti-vaccine, what is uh, stoicism, and how can this uh, philosophy 
help us in our daily life. And yeah, topics that personally I would be uh, interested in uh, learning more about even in French. So yeah, I, I would recommend teachers to to not consider or to not assume that just because someone is learning a language, uh, it, it means that you can uh, give them some, some boring uh, content and they're, they're going to be happy with it. Now, now we live in the era of Netflix and there's so much amazing content uh, available everywhere that if you want people to really pay attention, you need to make extra effort to to just make your content as appealing and uh, interesting as possible. Since we're on the topic of um, language teaching for you as a French language teacher, what are some of the biggest struggles you see French learners face? And what are some of the things that you would propose to helping them break through those struggles? At Inner French, we, we focus on intermediate learners because there, there's already quite a lot of materials for beginners and uh, then for advanced uh, students, they can just uh, use content that's made for uh, native speakers. So usually intermediate learners are really struggling with the differences between formal and informal French. And uh, I, I know that you, you both uh, learned French, so it's probably something that maybe that was something that was uh, difficult for, for you as well. But usually the French that is taught um, in language school is not exactly the same that you're going to hear on the street uh, if you visit France. And... Um, it's simply because this French that you find is in um, textbooks and which is called the standard French, it doesn't really exist. Um, it's just that at some point we had to come up with, uh, with um, uh, a way to teach this language. So we had to make some decisions and um, it's, yeah, standard French is a bit made up, in my opinion. And for instance, you probably know that, I mean, I'm sure you know that the negation in French is ne pas, but when you listen to native French speakers, they, they only use pas. And uh, until very recently, it was something that was not mentioned at all in French textbooks. So basically, um, learners were learning this NEPA uh, negation. And then when they were visiting France, they didn't hear anyone uh, speaking like this. So it, it was a, a, a bit weird for them. Luckily, now it's a bit easier to access informal French. So again, I'd recommend checking YouTube, uh, finding some podcasts on topics that are uh, interesting for you. And that's a way of getting familiar with uh, with informal French. So you were saying that earlier when you started listening to this podcast uh, and they were using informal Polish and speaking quickly, uh, you'd initially only get about 20%. And with time, you got better and, and now you're more in the 80%, 90% range. Um, and I, I love everything you're saying that when you're at the intermediate stage, you do want to have compelling content. 
the kind of stuff you're talking about sounds absolutely fascinating. Like, the, why is there uh, resistance to vaccines? That can be a very interesting topic. But an absolute beginner obviously wouldn't really be able to uh, listen to a podcast about stoicism. So, like, what do you recommend for absolute beginners who want to get a- around all of this boring content? Because, like you said, hearing about somebody going buying a croissant is not. It's not something that, you know, I jump out of bed in the morning excited to, to I can't wait to, to hear that story. So uh, it can be very tricky because there's so many interesting things that we could talk about, but an absolute beginner is just so far away from that. How can a, a beginner make it interesting? Do you recommend they listen to things that, and just accept that they for a while only have that 20% comprehension? Or is there something they can get a bit more comprehension and still be engaged with? Yeah, that, that's a tough one. And uh, actually, right now we are working on a course for beginners and I'm still struggling to find a way to adapt this uh, method and uh, to create comprehensible, in, I mean, compelling comprehensible input uh, for, for beginners. Um, th- I mean... That's why I think when you're a beginner, you, you can start with all those apps like Duolingo, etc. Just because it's a more engaging way, I think, to uh, memorize some very basic vocabulary. Because you can always read some short dialogues or short stories in very easy French to, to begin. But... Um, Apart from that, there, there's not really, there's not really much. And I, I haven't really come up with the, the right answer yet. Um, I think so because w- when I started watching this uh, Polish vlogger, I, I was already at the intermediate level, but, uh, my, my comprehension of informal Polish was, uh, was really bad, mostly because I was learning using um, textbooks and uh, this uh, other guy's uh, podcast, which was made for for learners. But you, you can't really do this if you're an absolute beginner. So I, I wouldn't recommend. I mean, you, you can do it just to start getting used to the language, but it, it shouldn't be the core of your uh, learning, I would say because uh, it, it's just going to be discouraging. So you, you need something that's easier to, to understand. So at the beginning, you have to use those materials made for, um, made for learners, made for students, even if they are not really interesting. You can find some that are more interesting than uh, others. And... Um, for instance, uh, in German, I, I know that you had uh, Anja Winter uh, in your podcast, and she has courses and materials for beginners based on uh, funny dialogues. And I think she does it uh, pretty well. So it's not impossible. And uh, that, that's something that we're going to try to do as well in our, our course. So instead of um tackling some topics like um yeah the vaccine and philosophy etc we're going to focus more on uh, dialogues and just to to help students learn the um, basic and daily life da- daily life uh, vocabulary 
but we're going to try to add a twist to to make those dialogues more interesting than uh, than Jean-Pierre going to the bakery. Given that you you like to use podcasts for both learning and teaching, um, I'm it's a lot of listening comprehension, and obviously you're learning vocabulary and other parts of the language as you're doing this. But going from doing lots of listening to speaking the language and using that language in conversations requires some extra work. So given that you yourself used podcasts to learn Polish, how did you make the transition from listening to using what you've learned in conversations? It's very simple. I had a private tutor almost from the beginning. And uh, even before I, I, I discovered uh, that podcast, so at the beginning, I was just working with a tutor and a textbook and we didn't really have, I mean, I really want to focus on speaking from day one, actually, because I, I had this problem with English that uh, I, I learned English uh, at school, but the first time I, I traveled abroad, um, it was when I was 19, uh, I, I went to Glasgow, Scotland. And there I realized that uh, I couldn't have the most basic conversation in a pub. And it was also quite hard to, to understand uh, Scottish people. So, I mean, they don't have the, the easiest accent to, to understand. And I think even other people in the UK sometimes have, uh, have troubles uh, understanding uh, Scottish people. But still, I, I realized that I waited way too long to actually start having conversations and using the language. So when I started Polish, I wanted to have a different approach and I, re I really wanted to, to start speaking from day one, which I, I did, but it was really, I don't know, th those lessons were still uh, quite traditional and, and formal. So... Yeah, my teachers were not really uh, interested in listening to my uh, broken uh, A1 Polish. But it, it really changed when I, when I started listening to, to that podcast because then uh, it was a lot easier for me to, uh, to build sentences. I had more vocabulary. I was speaking in a way that was a lot more natural and um, and my, my i mean i think that my accent in uh, in polish is actually a lot better than uh, my accent in english just because I, I spent so much time listening to the language instead of um, simply reading it uh, like i did with uh, with english so if you want to i mean you should practice speaking and conversation because you're not you're not gonna become super comfortable just by listening. It's really a skill that, that you need to, to work on. And yeah, listening is going to be helpful, but at some, at some point you really have to, to put it into practice and to actually uh, have conversations uh, with people. So it depends on how much time you have, how much money you have, what language you're learning. But uh, yeah, for me, I, I just found that the most um, efficient way to, to practice speaking was to have conversations uh, with a tutor. Um, so at the beginning, it was in person, and then I switched to, uh, to classes on uh, italki. 
So you've said that you're going to potentially get into making uh, beginner courses as difficult as that is. Um, I'm curious, what other plans do you have uh, for Inner French moving forward? Because you recently passed 100 episodes. How do you see that podcast expanding? And what's going to be your own language learning future as you continue with Polish? In the podcast, we started experimenting with different formats. Uh, so instead of only having monologues, now we also have um, conversations. So between uh, the other teachers from the team and I, or uh, we also had a few episodes with, uh, with some experts in different fields to talk about French history, um, and, uh, yeah, topics like that. So that's something that we're gonna keep doing because listeners have made a, a lot of progress listening to the, the podcast. So now they want something that's a bit more challenging. Also, it's quite, I mean, for most of them, it's pretty easy uh, to understand me now because they've listened to me for over 50 hours. So they're used to my way of speaking, to uh, the um, phrases I'm using, etc. So yeah, we're going to try to uh, bring on more people and to do more interviews in the podcast. Uh, we are creating th those new courses and we also want to have courses um, about specific topics. So for instance, we want to do philosophy for B1 or... Uh, the history of Par of Paris for B2 uh, to talk about uh, urbanism and different topics uh, like, like this one. And uh, when it comes to my own um, language learning journey, well, I'm, I'm still working on my Polish, to be honest, because um, my, my girlfriend's Polish, but when we met... Um, we met at the very beginning when I just moved to Warsaw, so I couldn't I couldn't speak Polish at all. So we just started um, dating in English, and it's been really hard to switch to Polish. So that's really one of my goals for for next year because uh, yeah, it's it's gonna be better if I can practice daily with my girlfriend instead of just. Uh, uh yeah having having classes uh, on on italki but apart from that I, I would like to learn japanese at some point but it's really i don't really have uh, it's not my priority at the moment and i i know that i don't have enough time to to dedicate to it and instead i started learning the piano uh at the beginning of the the pandemic and that's something a bit different, but it has also some similarities with language learning. So I'm really enjoying this, uh, this process and, uh, yeah, th that's something I'm gonna, I'm gonna continue next year for sure. And given that this is the language hacking podcast, there's one question that we like to ask all of our guests and that is what is your definition of language hacking? Um, so, well, to, to me, language hacking sounds a bit like trying to find a shortcut. And I think that it's better to just focus on the journey rather than on the destination. So just, just try to enjoy the journey. Uh, find some things that you enjoy doing, that you enjoy learning. Forget about B2, C1 or 
the the goal that you want to reach because uh, it, it can be discouraging and it's not, I mean it's not going to make a big difference when you're B two or C one um, and what I mean by that is that it takes a lot of time to to learn a language so you might as well try to enjoy the journey and at some point you're just going to realize that yeah you've made a lot of progress and now you're able to have conversations and to uh watch or listen to uh meaningful things in in the language that you're learning and yeah you're just going to realize that now this language is is part of your life so yeah it's really about uh, enjoying the journey in my opinion very good. Well, thanks so much for sharing all your thoughts with us. We'll make sure that uh, people can find Inner French. They can obviously just uh, search for it on whatever tool they're listening to this on. Or uh, in our show notes, we'll be linking to your podcast, your website, and your YouTube channel. And people can uh, find your very compelling, interesting content if they wanted to learn a little uh, French and they have the intermediate level themselves. So thanks so much for, for sharing all of your thoughts with us. And um, I hope that people check you out. And until the next time, we're going to wish everyone listening a very happy language learning. Happy language learning. So at the end of each podcast episode, Benny and I like to share something that we took away from our chat with the guest. And these are things that you can implement into your own learning, try out this week, see how they work for you and do something new with your language learning. Give it a little bit of a refresh. So Benny, what was your takeaway from our chat this week? I really liked his tip about uh, using recommendations uh, from especially the likes of Spotify and YouTube. Uh, because sometimes we can find that one channel or that one resource that we like a lot. But a lot of, uh, especially social media-based tools, do have these great recommendations. And I do this a lot with TikTok. Whenever I find a new TikToker who makes content in a language that I'm learning, that I'm following from a language-specific account, uh, when I follow them, it pops up with other recommendations for people I follow. And the same happens on Instagram. Whenever I find somebody interesting who has content that I like in the language I'm learning, I let the little pop-up happen and I, I click the see more option to, to see who else uh, that other people follow have similar content to this person. And uh, I didn't even think to do that with podcasts. And that's a great suggestion that in Spotify, if you find that one podcast, then it'll recommend you some other really good ones. So um, uh, that can take a bit of the pressure off because maybe rather than trying to find 10 good sources of content, you just really need to find that one and then the algorithm may well help you uh, to expand upon that. What about you? I would have to say what I took away from this chat was when we were discussing learning the languages the way that it's actually spoken, when we were going over what one of the biggest challenges French learners faces. And it's true for most of the resources that we use as language learners, the way that the languages are taught are very textbook approach and not the way that the language is actually used out in the wild. And so preparing ourselves for 
those differences. And I know you recently did this when with your Spanish learning where you picked up a slang phrase book and learned a whole bunch of local slang. And I think that this is really important is not just to learn the language. I mean, it's good to learn the language the way that it's taught in the textbook, but also learning the language, the way that it's actually spoken and having a background and understanding of both, like what is technically correct, but also what is correct in actual usage. And so getting familiar with the language, the way that it's actually spoken and not just the way that it's taught. Um, and so finding resources and listening to people have conversations in the language are both really effective ways to do this, but just keeping that in mind that, you know, the way the language is used versus the way that it's taught, there's often quite a big difference there. So if you enjoyed this episode of the podcast or the language hacking podcast in general, we always appreciate hearing from you. Let us know what you enjoy most about the podcast, what you would like us to discuss or who you'd like us to chat with in the future over at languagehacking.com slash review. And once again, as always, the show notes are available to you as a part of this podcast. And until the next time, Happy language learning. Happy language learning. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Language Hacking Podcast. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podcast Addict, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you found this episode valuable and want to help us out, please leave a review at languagehacking.com forward slash review. The Language Hacking Podcast is presented by Benny Lewis, Shannon Kennedy, and Elizabeth Bruckner, and produced by Katie Pascoe, with special thanks to the Fluent in Three Months team. Theme music was written and performed by Shannon Kennedy. Find the show notes at languagehacking.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening and happy language learning.